Hello and welcome to Grunge versus All of Reality, the audio-visual, sometimes just audio experience where your brain doesn't really get a massage, but kind of. Today's guest is George Clooney Cream, inventor of the famous Mario Monday, a stream that spawned the famous Mario gaming franchise. That's right. It all started with that. Yeah. Yeah. What's your... so? For for those that don't know you, I'm sure a lot of people listening probably will, but what's like, what's the George Clooney cream, you know, like what's the why, you know? Oh, that's a great question. What's the why? Oh, the why? The why. Whoa. That's like, man, that's a different question than you usually get. Usually it's like, so tell me about what you stream. And then I just kind of list off stuff. But the why is interesting. I kind of hate um, what you stream because a lot of times what you stream doesn't say much about the content you create, if that makes sense. Right. No, I totally agree because like, you know, if I were to say like, oh, I'm a Nintendo streamer, it's like I stream Nintendo maybe like you know two out of the six days but like that's there's so many other nintendo streamers where that's like all they do and that's like that's their gig honey that's their shit and for me it's just like a piece but the why i mean i started streaming because i lost my job i got laid off (laughs) and uh i found twitch like maybe a month before and I, I had no idea what it was. And like, I kind of discovered it and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I got laid off, not for any bad reason, just like the company um, was, uh, yeah, just like they basically, I was a f- on staff graphic designer and there are two of us and they were basically like, we can't have two people. So I, so I stopped and then like, I was like, man, I was talking about it at lunch, like the week before I left. And my friend was like, yo, dude, I have one of those machines you need that game capture. I have an old one. And he just brought it and gave it to me. And and then I streamed on my iMac. And I only have one video on YouTube, and it's my very first stream I ever did. (laughs) And I'm like stoned off my gourd, and I'm playing Star Fox 64, talking to nobody. I mean, no one was there, obviously. Yeah. And it's like. That's the rite of passage early on in the stream. Yeah. (laughs) Like just talking into the void as if anybody cares. Um,. And uh, yeah, so I kind of just did it for fun at first, and I had all the equipment, so I was like, why not? Um, and then eventually it like, became kind of like, I sort of got accidentally ingratiated into the Mario community, and then I kind of just was like open to it as it emerged, and then it was like I lost my job, and then I, I sort of got hooked up with... Um, or I met, I should not got hooked up with, I met Grand Pooh Bear, who became like just a good friend of mine. And then he was like, you should come to TwitchCon. And then I went to TwitchCon, met all these other people. And all of a sudden oh. it was like, oh, wow, there's like this kind of community of people I've just been introduced to who do this full time. Like, perhaps this is like a viable you know, at least something to like explore or look into. Um, and then I just kind of kept doing it and then was just kind of like, right place right time and over time it's developed to include less gaming and more like my you know intellectual pursuits and stuff i find interesting and kind of like your format you sort of talk about topics that might seem interesting so for me it was like art history or reality television or you know it's like you kind of figure out what you enjoy talking about and exploring and then hopefully like other people on twitch also like that and and stop by so i guess the why is like why not (laughs) yeah yeah i get that i get that Uh, yeah for me it was uh kind of a a last 
ditch effort uh, to trying to like do something in society that was a real job, quote unquote, you know, turn this into a, yeah. a content creation business. It was either this or a life of crime. So wow, this is really? working out so far. Yeah, I figured, I don't know. I figured I'd get into some kind of interesting, like fun crimes, maybe in some sort like of, I would intern with a Danny Ocean type character and get involved in some heists at some <laughs> point. I'd be like Matt Damon in, in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, you, yeah, you could be like, like sleight of hand like bumping into people on the trains, nicking their wallets, getting identity, like low stakes, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Fun, okay. lighthearted crimes, nothing too crazy, but stuff with a little bit of excitement. I, I wasn't sure, honestly, but I was just really uh, directionless. <laughs> and so I, I tried out Twitch, but I, yeah. I really, so the, I think, I don't remember exactly how I discovered you. I think I discovered your stream initially through uh, James, but then I started watching your stream and I very much enjoyed, I think the first stream of yours I really watched for a long time was one of your art history streams. Oh, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you, I'm glad you liked, those are the, yeah, those are the hard work, but the fun ones for sure. Those are excellent. I was a huge fan, but I get that. There's a lot of prep. It's, it's, uh, I mean, you know, Harry uh, and I know Harry, I work oh. with Harry a lot and the amount of prep he puts in, I don't understand how he does it. Cause he also has a, a, a job and, and children to take care of. I don't know where he finds the time, but he does. <sighs> I know it's wild. And it's like, so consistently different. Like yeah. even just doing one with him, I find myself doing like hours and hours of research. And I'm like, I can't, and same with art, the art history shit. It's like two days of research to do something for like two or three hours you know and you always feel like you're not getting all the details that you want and stuff but yeah i have a lot of respect for harry for that for that reason it's it's, it's no joke man but i'm glad you watched that's so nice and i'm glad artsy was around to to forge the forge the hinge or whatever he was actually uh my last podcast guest interview i haven't uploaded oh. it yet i'll be uploading it i think tomorrow i've been these past couple weeks, I've been totally just punched in the gut by I get really bad summer seasonal depression and oh, it always like kind of sneaks up and then pounces on me because I'll be doing good for the first couple months of the summer. It's usually around right. July that it really like one, two punches me and uh, yeah. it totally caught me off guard. And I just had to, you know, just temporarily cast aside a ton of responsibilities in order to keep up with the most essential stuff. But dude, I'm track now absolutely i mean god we're all just like experiencing this bizarre collective trauma so i imagine like going through that and then also dealing with personal you know anxiety or depression like i just feel like it's funny as like a sort of person who projects themselves out to the world you have this you think there's this perceived responsibility of like always being there and lifting other people up but the truth is like you know if people care about you they want you to fucking take care of yourself because that's your number one job so it's been interesting to see people's like reaction to what's going on you know and right. uh i'm glad that you like had the foresight to to know like okay i just need to like not because the thing is if you push too hard at this stuff you'll totally burn out and Absolutely. you'll just start hating it and like that's the last thing you want because you know it's fucking going on the internet and talking playing games it, like it should always be fun it shouldn't be like this you know for some people it's a job but it's like yeah it's just yeah it's, it's been so interesting to see how people are reacting to the the state of things you know it's actually so wild you're totally right there's this strange thing tied up in streaming that i don't think i really got 
I don't know exactly when I got it, but after over half a year of streaming really consistently, I started to understand some of the, uh, I don't know, maybe pitfalls of streaming or the dangers of streaming or being as, as being a streamer. Because of course, when I was really small, I was like, I I'm still enthusiastic, but I was hyper enthusiastic and I would see people with, uh, you know, they would get a lot more viewers than me, of course, at the time I was maybe lucky to have three viewers. And I'd mm -hmm. see someone with like 60 viewers regularly being talking about how how tough it was to go live sometimes. And I just remember being like, well, gosh darn it, if I had all those people waiting, I'd always, I'd always want to be live. But now right, I realize, of right. course, that there's just a lot of, there's a lot of weird little labors that go into streaming. Uh, of course, like literal stuff that you have to do. And also just psychologically going live and, and conversing with people and hearing people's you know, thoughts, sometimes problems, things like that. It's, it can definitely be like a lot to take on at times. For sure. And the truth is like, I don't know about you, but I've made this mistake where like, I'm like, I'm kind of in a bad mood, but like, come on, you know, push through it. Come on, just get oh, on there. And it's always, it's all, dude, it's always a mistake because that energy is like infectious, right? Like people it pick is. up on it. They're not stupid. And like, you know, not for nothing, but if as you're if you're supposed to be an entertainer, it's not very entertaining to watch someone that like doesn't really want to be there. Yeah. So it's like yeah. I it's like as a viewer, I sort of look at it like, hey man, like take some time for yourself. Like go, like you know, there's a million other streamers on Twitch I can go watch. If you're not feeling up to it today, no problem. So it's it's you know it's good to remember, and then that way the consistency and the longevity of it can endure because you're not like pissed off that you have to be there <laughs> absolutely you know? whole marathon not a sprint mentality for sure yeah i i, I went full-time with with content creation maybe a couple months ago it was after oh, i tried working exciting. a job again it is exciting i tried working a job again and i hated it so i just decided to stick to <laughs> streaming and I, I love it but uh i will say one of the bad things about it is now i i feel really internally lazy if i don't do the amount of streams per week that i mm. promise to because i'm like this is my job how can i you know <laughs> how can i disregard it but you just have to yeah the guilt the odd guilt that emerges oh, right it's, it's like, kind it's, of it's such a strong guilt for me too and i don't really know why but it is does it seem similar to like the feeling i don't know if you ever get this silly but sometimes like this is obviously pre-Rona days, right? Because now we're all in a different mindset. But before, like, let's say it's like Friday night. You know, you're supposed to go to your friend's housewarming party. You got your ass kicked at work all day or you had a weird day. Or you're just like, fuck, like, I just I really don't feel like it. I just want to like stay inside and veg the fuck out and watch this documentary. You know, whatever. Like, you're right. just not in the mood and you psych yourself up like, oh, should I just go? Like, should I just get there and like oh i really don't feel like and the hemming and the hawing and then just to set eventually send a text that's like hey man like i'm really sorry i'm just not feeling great tonight like i really hope everything goes well i'd love to see you soon have a blast tonight blah 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 and then they just go yeah man no problem i'll see you soon you know see if the next one feel better and like what it makes you realize is like people don't really care and that's not to be mean that's just the reality is like so many so often we blow it up in our minds to this huge 
you know, sort of debacle when in reality it's if they're your friends and they care about you, they might be a little like annoyed, but like they'll get over it quickly. And whatever you think it is, like it's not like people just don't care. And that should be like a liberating feeling, not like no one cares about me. It's like, no, nah, man, it's just people understand that you got to take care of yourself and they're not going to like hold that against you. But it's hard. It is hard to avoid that weird guilt feeling. I don't know where it comes from or what the intent psychologically is, but it's very real. Like I, I feel you dude. It's uh, so. that whole, the whole idea in general, I'd say even like outside of streaming, no one cares about you. I would say in general, as much as you do in a, in a good way, yeah. like as in say, uh, I don't know, you are going out in public and you're dressed real, not how you normally dress out. Right. Then maybe you're dressed in your worst possible get up. Right. And you like feel schlubby? Yeah. Yeah. And you feel okay, self-conscious okay. about it. Right, I, right, right, I always right. feel liberated by the idea that probably no one cares except you, you know, that, that you look yeah. <laughs> totally. Cause you think about like, it's like, I see people, you know, even people who I've seen are like, they're in their pure gym jams, you know, they got like a ratty t-shirt that says, you know, like, amateur gynecologist or you know some trashy shit <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like you might the worst that'll ever happen is somebody you don't know will take a picture of you and put it on their own personal instagram the like which is like the most outrageous thing that could possibly happen which won't happen because fundamentally no one really cares that you're in your sweatpants like no one gives a shit everyone yeah. wants to be in their sweatpants if, you know and but i get it i, I mean i don't know i love i'm i gotta say i really miss like I miss like going out and getting dressed up in an outfit grunge. Oh, I miss yeah. like going out in the world with some new threads and like meeting up with friends for a drink. Like I of course would never do that. And I'm staying inside and being good. Cause that's what you got to fucking do right now. It's important. But I, that's one of the things I miss is like exist, like that being in that part of myself, you know, expressing the part of me that, is social and that likes to dress up and likes to adopt a moment stylistically like i i miss expressing that part of myself do you ever feel like that i feel like that all the time i mean i love fashion I actually before i worked uh, before i was a streamer i was mm -hmm. working in fashion and then street art uh sort of simultaneously oh, but that's rad it was it was it was a, my favorite my favorite scene ever you know and and i well actually twitch is my favorite scene ever now but then it was my favorite scene ever my point nice. is I love I love dressing up. I love putting together outfits and I still kind of do that for streams, but I mean there's really Yeah, I know what you like mean. It's like shoulder up. It's exactly. like shoulder up. You exactly. know what I mean? It's like they don't even get the full look. And you just side note, you have great style. I have great admiration for your for your your drip as they say. <laughs> Thank you. Um but I it is kind of annoying that it's like, bro, like I can look I can be wearing a freaking you know, fur coat with like, you know, a velvet holder top and, you know, diamond earrings. That sounds like a whack outfit. But you know what I mean? You could be fancy on top and be wearing basketball shorts below. Yeah. And like no one would know, you know, so it's, yeah, it's and just no one can see your really like dope Doc Martens or your belt chains or anything. <sighs> no, none of the stuff you really enjoy. It's so sad. Okay. It breaks so sad. And I agree. Footwear. Honestly, footwear to me is like the one of the most important pieces in an outfit. If it's not the most important, it's like second. Like footwear agree. says so much about who you are and where you kind what scene you kind of land in or you know, it's amazing. Like so when people don't think about it, it like pisses me off because it's like you have such an opportunity to like 
express yourself through footwear but people some people care and i appreciate that and others just i don't get it man i don't know i think even with the people that don't care about footwear stylistically you can even learn maybe something for example i i used to be very active in the rock climbing scene i i haven't climbed for ah, about a year but yeah well cool. all the climbers wear like hiking boots everywhere because their main thing right. is outdoors and so right, even right, though right. it's not a fashion choice it still says a lot and i don't know your feet there's something about your feet are like your central contact of the earth, right? And so you're getting something Ooh. out of your shoes, whether it's from style or from function, that is significant. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, that's a cool way to think about it. It's your connection. It's your first connection with the earth. Right. And your most consistent one. Yeah, man. And it's, I don't know. It's, it seems kind of more so than other pieces has sort of a tribal quality and, you know, where that sort of... Mm, mm, mark comes from or what you know capitalistic interest drove us to associate certain shoes with certain seeds is like whatever but yeah it's like interesting like god going to twitchcon it's just like swimming in a pool of people and new balances who just like <laughs> don't give a fuck and that's cool man you know not everybody has to care but i just like i have an appreciation as a fellow person who like thinks about the shoes i also have huge feet and so my foot like shoes options are limited and so i'm like if you got smaller feet and you got more options bitch then like what are you doing you know like <laughs> you need to like get it together the world is your oyster you know uh, but i that's get cool. that We're, i mean yeah. style just brings me so much joy i often i encourage people even if i'm not saying you have to get into fashion you know but i think a lot of people that have maybe never considered that they might be into style or fashion maybe mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, if they sat down and put together an outfit and thought through it, and then they, they wear it out and they feel proud of it, there's a real power to that. Oh my God, there's so much. That's, I think that's such a funny thing about, especially Twitch and sort of gaming culture, is this idea that interest in fashion is vain, that somehow dismissal of fashion reflects a commitment to your interest in gaming like oh, by rejecting yeah. fashion it means like you're a more hardcore gamer but it's <laughs> more exactly time like for you... hardcore gaming yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but the reality it's like you said it's like you're not dressing for other people you're dressing for yourself you're dressing a certain way so that you can feel like a certain person when you go out into the world and that like you said can empower you and help you sort of express a part of yourself that without the clothes you might not be able to and i feel like it's i have this idea to make a twitchcon booth called the level up booth where i basically just style people oh, they come in and i just pick them so out cool. an outfit i know and i i struggled with the idea i mean besides the fact that it costs like you know fifteen thousand dollars to get a fucking booth at twitchcon but oh, just wow. the idea too of like the interest like would that booth be welcomed or would it be perceived as like judgmental? And I guess, I don't really know. I, I would have to do it to find out the truth. But like, I, it was something I thought about for like a long time was like, how would this be sort of like received? Um, so I don't know, maybe I'll find out one day. Who, said, who knows? <laughs> That's a good question. I talk about fashion a fair amount with the people in my crew, mm -hmm. but I mean, admittedly, I don't know, because I found that even a lot of people that hang out in my streams, maybe if they had zero interest in fashion before, I can perhaps present it to them in a way that's a little more interesting. Like, I think totally. a lot of people don't think of clothing as art when mm -hmm. uh, it quite often is, especially when you get into the stuff that's very intentional. I'm a huge fan of Rick Owens, 
And it's like maybe oh, not as fabulous. clear why. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. So Rick Owens is, I think, more clearly art. But then there's there's just a lot of art even in subtleties. And once oh, I present those those sort of perspectives to a lot of people, I find them to be a lot more maybe interested in just a small amount. Yeah, absolutely. Or just think about it a bit more or think of themselves in it a bit more or find things that reflect them in yeah. a way that they might not have been like aware. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, people like fucking Steve McQueen and shit. It's like or not uh, Alexander, Alexander McQueen, McQueen, not Steve McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Steve McQueen sounds cool, too. But um, like Alexander McQueen or Jean-Paul Gaultier, these kind of like oh, couture avant-garde stuff. But imagine it's like it's just like a painting that you're wrapping around your body. For sure. Oh, yeah. And the one reason I really dug street fashion and uh, I got into it initially just flipping and reselling hype drops to pay my rent. And I wasn't planning ah, to get into the scene at all. But then uh -huh. I periodically would be reselling Supreme drops and I would find like something in the Supreme drop that I liked. It was usually some weird mm. piece like they had a Texas Chainsaw Massacre collab I really liked. And uh, a photographer <laughs> that did the Sonic Youth album cover Dirty did a capsule. And I didn't really care oh, about wow. any of the Supreme box logos, but the Supreme still does actually a lot of cool collabs that fly under the radar because the hype beasts don't care about them. Mm, interesting. interesting. Yeah. I'd like to know kind of like, yeah, that's it's I guess thinking about it, it's like Supreme's kind of in a unique position where they're able to approach essentially whatever sort of product company they would like, because the proposal is quite simple. It's like a box. Yeah. With some words yeah then however you take that and extrapolate it with your product and it's like yeah from a collaborative standpoint it's like obviously been super effective so that's cool so wait so did you sell clothes like what had it like i did i even started yeah. a business where i sold my original designs and uh no way i went through a styling and merchandising internship and everything <gasps> So you're a designer. That's amazing. I was pretty I deep into that. the scene. I, I even uh, worked a few fashion shows. Yeah, I was deep into <gasps> it. I've even walked no in a few shows. No, I was just going to ask. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's so cool, man. I didn't know that. I so did you're some like... uh, techwear fits for a show in Tampa. Oh, fabulous. I love yeah. that. Did you have a name for the for your company or you don't not want to disclose that? No, I did. Just... I did. Uh well I it was it was called Dysphoria for a long time. And oh, then that's a good name. I just kind of I had a different name I used for my eBay store because I was trying to I almost exclusively sold shoes on my eBay store. So I just found oh my God. something Whoa. something sneakers and I would change it. Because I can never settle on a name, but I went through like a billion different <sighs> options. Girl, I feel that name thing. Oh my god, picking a name is one of the hard hardest things in the world. It's really hard. I'm actually very curious how you came. I think maybe you told me something to do with an ice cream parlor, but how you came to George Clooney cream. I think I knew about the cream. I didn't know about the George Clooney part. Yeah. Uh, so. Full disclosure, Grunge, since we're since we're really getting down to brass tacks here, um, the truth. I'll tell you the truth of the George Clooney cream origin story. Wow. It's, you don't have to say well. this. This is this is recorded. So nah, this is too nah. I mean, listen, it's chill. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to share with a good friend. It's no biggie. <laughs> okay, okay. So basically, like I said, you know, I like kind of found Twitch via YouTube, like oh, maybe like a month before I got laid off, and I um. <laughs> back in college uh i have a distinct memory where it was like saturday night we were all 
pre-gaming to go to this party and um my friend and i kind of got into this discussion about like this was like well i don't want to say what year it was because i it's i don't want to say how old i am but <laughs> basically like we were like is our chat room still a thing like can you still <laughs> oh, yeah. go to like a yahoo chat room or an arrow chat room? like is this still a thing and we're like i don't know man so then everyone was like all right we're going to the party like let's go everybody stop we're getting out of here and me and my friend were like we're gonna meet you there we gotta we gotta get down to the bottom of this so we're like sort of tipsily going online trying to find chat rooms we found one at teenchat.com i was trying to come up with a username and my friend had a she was a huge er fan and had a giant george clooney poster in our room in our dorm room together and so just as a joke, I was like, George Clooney cream, <laughs> let's like, you know, drill these teenagers on the internet. Right, right. Um, so like, it was just a joke name I came up with my freshman year in college. And so when I was like on Twitch making a username, I was like, oh, I don't fucking know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I used that one. That was the last time I had to make a username. Um, so I just did that. And then it just coincidentally, like a month later, I started streaming. And then a month later, I got... I've met these group of streamers and I ended up at this event and then all of a sudden people were coming to my stream and I, it was kind of too late. And then I was like, well, okay, I guess we're in it. And like, yeah, so there's no, I wish there was like a more sort of magical story. The story I tell is that I worked at an LA ice cream parlor when I first moved here and that uh, it was celebrity themed and my favorite flavor was called George Clooney cream. That's the story I tell. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the other story is just like not very funny (laughs) or cute. (laughs) So like I just, uh, I just kind of made up, made that up. Um, But yeah, and then I, last year was gonna do a whole rebrand and then I kind of- I heard about this, it was Saint something. Uh... It was gonna be Saint Milk. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, which was good. Um, And, you know, never say never. But I guess, like, I really if if we do change our name again, and it's always a possibility, uh, I would I'd want to keep George because I like George. That's like how I, you know, it's how people know me and how I see myself. So we'll see, man. But yeah, that's kind of the less sexy. But, you know, the real story, the real truth. How did you come up with your name? Actually, major grunge. sort of similar to that sentiment of, of, of you wanting to keep George, because that's how you're known by. For a while, my name on Xbox, just as there, there's a, a guy on the Xbox dashboard, and his name is Major Nelson. And mm-hmm. he, I don't know what his thing is. I don't know where why he is in the position he is. But he presents the weekly news updates and stuff for Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. And so me and my friends were always just... We were, we were a bunch of memers, you know, we were a bunch of jokesters <laughs> and we would sure, always sure. imitate Major Nelson in game chats. Be like, hey, it's Major Nelson here with the Xbox top five reviews and just be messing with people and stuff. <laughs> and so I made my name Major, Major Noslin at one point. It almost looked like Nelson. And I okay. just kept that for a really long time and people had started referring to me as Major. So I started to enjoy that, that sort of prefix. But then I mm-hmm. wanted something that that wasn't stupid before I started. So I tried to stream on Twitch in 26, 2017, actually, I think. 2016 mm, or 17. Okay. But I only streamed for about a month before giving it up. Okay. And so that's when I made this name. And then grunge, I just wanted to tie in a music genre I really enjoyed. And I tried a few different genres. And grunge kind of had the best um, yeah. sound to it, I guess. 
it's got kind of like a oh god what's that word it's not onomatopoeia it's like when a word sounds like what it is oh. you know what i mean like grunt like just the word grunge it's yeah, really guttural right. and it's kind of gritty and like yeah i think it's it's a, it like achieves exactly what you want it gives like such a stylistic vibe and i uh yeah good name man i feel that i Names chose hard, well. dude. i'm glad I, I i think in hindsight i've, I've never regretted it i, I enjoy this name <sighs> makes me want to change my name dude i feel like it's <laughs> i mean honestly i think that I, I mean why not right what's the worst that could happen yeah that's the truth it's like people aren't like coming to your stream because your name yeah people might notice you in chat because your name but who cares it'll be probably weird at first but people will get used to it very true very true but i don't yeah, know man but you mentioned well, earlier that you're in la so i have maybe i think i only know one person in la it's like this ah this kind of far off wild promised land i've seen it in a billion movies and tv shows of course and i guess i'm uh -huh. i don't know I, I don't know how long you've been in la but i'm also curious i know you're also really into reality tv and and yes some of the kind of absurd like celebrity mythoses like you told me all about this whole this whole story about leonardo dicaprio and the guy who plays e in entourage and oh god the pussy posse yeah, oh those, my god yeah, yeah i did never so, heard of that in my life oh my god it's so crazy i love the yeah the story of the pussy posse it's basically just like leonardo dicaprio with like a bunch of losers um <laughs> and i love toby mcguire but like he's not I mean, <laughs> I would describe him as a loser. Yeah. And yeah, so, <laughs> I think so. I, personally, I don't care for him at all. I liked him only really? in, uh, I liked him only in, I don't even know what I liked him in. I can't even remember. I didn't like him sea in Spider-Man. No, you I haven't like seen Biscuit. I'll have to look oh, this up real quick and figure out what I like Tobey Maguire in. He's, he was in, um, he was okay in Gatsby. I yeah, just he feel like. He wasn't terrible in Gatsby. Yeah, I think that was fine. That's what I would say. I, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm Total. Gatsby, man, people really trashed Great Gatsby. I thought that movie was fine. It wasn't my favorite Bob Lorman. I, but I perfectly enjoy I mean, it's not Romeo plus Juliet, but like, it's not Romeo plus Juliet. Like, it's not fucking Shakespeare. You know, it's not badass Brazilian 90s Catholic crazy, you know. Like, I don't know, whatever. More adjectives to describe that movie. That's like it's in its own league. But I was anyways. a fan of his series, uh, Boslerman series on Netflix. The Get Down is probably one of my favorite series oh, ever. Yeah. Really, I Love heard about show. The Get Down, but I didn't watch it. But uh, yeah, you, you recommend it? Yeah, it's this amazing, almost fairy tale esque story of the birth of hip hop in New York. It's to me phenomenal. Mm. Ooh, that sounds cool. Oh, I want to get into that. But uh, unfortunately, it didn't get yeah. renewed for another season, which was a real bummer to me. Those Netflix, the Netflix model is so silly. It's like their basic model for coming up with new shows. And obviously, it depends, you know, a project like that with a huge director connected to it might have a better chance. But basically, they just like green light the shit out of a ton of original programming and then give <laughs> yeah. every show like a shoestring budget and be like make it work and, and then unless they just get ass like astronomically huge numbers it'll get canceled yeah that's just how it works and even with like big actors attached or directors attached like they just their their mo is like just make a bunch of content which like i don't i would 
argue if that's the best model personally because their reputation for Netflix original series has diminished over time because there's so many, you know, as opposed to when it started and it was basically like Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, and like, right. and remember when like, I remember it was when like Netflix a... original was like a stamp that meant this is going to be good shit. And I, I don't no yeah. longer think that anymore. It feels like I'm playing Russian roulette every time I click a new Netflix series. Exactly, dude. Exactly. You just don't know. And so, you know, I suppose they've had success, so, you know, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but it is it is interesting, that idea of um, kind of, not exclusivity, but, like, you know, just not making a bunch of shit, just thinking about it and honing all your efforts and budget and smart people into less but more specific projects as opposed to just cast a wide net and like see what hits um but That's, i'm not I a business expert so i'm not a, i'm not either but i don't know i i worked for uh briefly for a talent agency and the whole strategy they were using was message as many potential candidates as possible and hope one of them replies and i always mm. felt like that was a bad idea for a talent agency because i felt like you'd want to be really picky with who you let on and yeah. you'd want to specifically cater your correspondence to this individual right like sending a, totally. to me, sending a general message to a ton of different content creators, like me personally, when I see one of those messages in my email, I just delete it. You know, like I can tell this is a copy pasted script, but uh, right. I don't know. That right, was, right, that was right. the way they did it. And I felt like that was a bad idea. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people do the wide net approach. And I think maybe it used to work better before so many people were doing it. Now it's just, I think people mm. can spot lazy content a mile away. Oh, totally. Especially yeah. now. And so I don't think it works like that anymore. I I agree. It kind of it sort of reminds me of like when you know in Studio Fifty Four how they used to pay people to stand in line. Oh pay, yeah. They would pay beautiful people and sneak them in and pretend like it was packed inside, even though there was nobody actually in there, just to create the illusion that it was highly sought after, and that it worked. I mean, it became the biggest nightclub in New York City, and so it's. Like, sometimes you have to reject people just to pique their interest, or you have to <laughs> be super, you know, picky about who you're letting in so that if you let someone in, they feel special. Like, oh, wow. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that's, remember... I mean, that's the whole hype street fashion business model, really. Like, with Off-White and brands like that that are absurdly expensive, the whole thing is not many people are going to be able to buy this, and we only have maybe like 30 mm. pairs of these shoes, but that's why it's so sought after is because there's only so many people. So if you have this, you're like either really lucky or important or something like that, you know? Right, you have certain acts. Yeah, it reflects a level of status. It does, that, yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, and then it also it doesn't just offer the person wearing it, it's the person seeing it who understands that. It offers them some kind of sense of value because they uh yeah sorry my phone went off um oh, no yeah worries. totally that uh yeah that's cool i have yeah, this street fashion i imagine is like be interesting to sort of compare it with uh like you know sort of like high fashion or like what the intent is because if it's sort of like like is it meant to just be like an expression of the streets themselves or is it like people is it like looking for the visions in those streets to kind of like lead whatever the newest sort of aesthetic um tipping point is like i yeah i'd be curious to know more about like the psychology of the intent of streetwear 
Right. Well, it started yeah. as being pretty pure. Uh, a lot of these streetwear designers that came up came from places or, or, or cities that had sort of iconic fashion scenes. Like a good example would be the New York hip hop scene had a lot of trademark fashion elements. Like you see the Wu-Tang Clan and these giant puffer jackets. And of course, Timberlands mm -hmm. were huge in uh, the New mm -hmm. York scene. And that, right. a lot of that was spawned by hip hop. But mm -hmm. for a really long time, fashion or, or significant fashion or fashion that was recognized was more or less fully owned by fashion houses and those brands that had whatever, you know, whatever they needed to get past the sort of gatekeepers of the fashion world. And so street mm -hmm. fashion was originally sort of this, I saw it as a democratization of what could mm. be considered fashion in, in an art sense and oh, mm -hmm. that's what it started as and it was that for a long time and it was influenced by tons of music scenes you know punk rock hip-hop uh, it was influenced mm -hmm. by skater culture but honestly uh i don't know what street fashion is anymore because it <laughs> went through this really weird period and it's still kind of going through that where more or less the hype and the hype beasts got a hold of it and mm. it really just kind of destroyed all of the roots and all the mm. kind of, I would say maybe the eth the ethos of street fashion, and it became a, it became less about democratizing fashion and more about flexing on people. And I think that was the moment when it, yeah. I wouldn't say it died, but it definitely changed. Or that rebellious, the rebellious nature of it was like traded in for, sort of like, <laughs> capitalistic interests using. Yeah, more shallow expressions of it to make money. Absolutely, I don't know. And there's still yeah. really cool and good brands in the street fashion scene. One of my favorites is Brain Dead. And oh my god, I love Brain Dead. Oh, That's yeah. so funny. There you yeah, go. they're amazing. Dude, they're great. The, my friend uh, uh, Steve, shout out to Steve Smith, who also gave me my game capture by the way, randomly. Shout um, out Steve. So he he, uh, he did he directed a collab they did with North Face. Um, that oh, was wow. super cool. That was like this weird, I don't know if it was like claymation or something. Um, but yeah. And like the reason I heard of them was just cause he had mentioned he was working on it. And, uh, yeah, dude, they're also really good at doing collabs. They're kind of oh, like Supreme, yeah. like all of the stuff. Like, I feel like when I was kind of trying to design merch, like a lot of the stuff they make, I was like, Oh, this is the vibe. Like they have such, and I don't know how, is it like related to Japan? I saw that they have like a storefront in Tokyo and I was like, yeah. I don't know if it's based there or if I don't know, but I think it's LA based, but a big thing, the, our whole street fashion scene here in the U S was heavily, heavily influenced by the Japanese street fashion scene, especially <sighs> Pharrell. Cause Pharrell would spend a lot of time in Japan and he would hang out with a lot of these artists like Takashi Murakami and Nigo who created Bape and then human made after mm -hmm. or Bape, bathing ape, uh, but human made after that. And so, mm -hmm. like, Pharrell brought a lot of these style influence from style influences from Japan back to the U.S. that we didn't previously have. And that was a big moment for the street fashion history. So a lot Bro. of big brands have Japan locations. I feel like they were where they're always like five years ahead in Japan. Like oh, they were wearing track suits like five years before anybody here was wearing fucking track suits. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, my like, God. They're I so ahead and they're so diverse, too, with their fashion. Yeah, man. Uh, it's like one of my favorite Twitters is just like Tokyo street style. And they'll just have dudes wearing like chains with like Yu-Gi-Oh card keychains <laughs> attached and all this crazy shit. And it's just like, yeah, I love it's it. so it's cool. It's so bold. It's so creative. 
great shapes too. Oh, Different yeah. silhouette. I'm a you huge know? fan of silhouette. That, that's actually one reason I dig Rick Owens. I think Rick Owens does some really cool shit with silhouettes. Totally. It's like, yeah, because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like certain silhouettes become sort of in vogue for so long. Like, I feel like right now it's about like, you know, before it was like big tees and bike shorts, and now it's like baggy pants and sports bras. And like, it's always like, sort of you know this kind of asymmetrical balance but like i like silhouettes where it's like it isn't flattering it's designed to evoke a certain emotion because of its unsettling nature or like you know kind of a little more boundary pushing as opposed to just like that looks cute it's like yeah dude if you wear big pants where it doesn't show your legs then you have your tiny little waist and your perky tits it's gonna look great you know like that's a good look so there's no no shade like i'll do that all day long but it's like you said, you appreciate artists that kind of rework the intention of a garment. Um, it's like it's more interesting to look at sometimes. I've been a huge fan of a really uh, well, first of all, a lot of cyber goth fashion that's been coming oh, out lately. Yeah, dude. I love that oh, shit. Yeah. I love Mates, the really oh. aggressive and dark uh, outfits, the ones that are like a little bit scary, but also cool. I don't know. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Well, there's been this whole like um it's been funny since the corona pandemic started. And like I I did I did an art history stream about the Black Plague like way back when it started and oh, learned wow. about the, you know, the plague doctor. Like it basically was like how I wanted to know I mean, this is kind of a bigger discussion, but like uh how the effect I mean, the the oddly enough, the Black Plague essentially created a space and a time and a platform for renaissance art to emerge like out of the depths of all the death and suffering it gave way to this sort of perfect storm of enlightenment and the evolution of like the artist as a celebrity and you know because there were all these dead bodies around everybody all the time this um you know sort of extra uh exposure to corpses was commonplace and so understand our understanding of the body evolved quickly and like it's i was just curious like okay now we're in a pandemic like how will that affect art like how will that ultimately affect people's uh you know desires to express um I had a point to this. What's the point? No, I, was I, I make? get what you're saying. I we mean, were, we were talking yeah. about dark, kind of almost scary fashion. Oh, right. Okay. So, like the plague doctors, I don't know if you've heard about these guys, but this mask has been going, sort of reemerged where wow. they had these pl- plague doctors, which were basically, they were kind of just like young, second rate doctors um, because a lot of doctors didn't want to go see people at the plague because they don't want to get sick. Um, and, fun fact, actually, Nostradamus, when he was 16, was himself a plague doctor in the french countryside um luckily he yeah but he didn't die luckily went on to do great work but um yeah they wore these really distinct masks where it was like two little windows for holes and then this long beak and they would put things like juniper and they would basically put herbs uh and berries to and then they would light it on fire so that you would inhale the sort of herby healthful fumes and stave off the plague because back then they thought it was airborne they didn't understand how it worked um it was not by the way so they had this weird creepy mask and i'll like send you a picture of it 
um, has kind of come out, and it's funny because it's so it's so cyber gothy, dude. Like <laughs> it just feels very gas masky, and I just saw it kind of like oh yeah, here's like a cool illustration of it. I just uh... to give him. I love a good mask and fashion. I, I got like a, oh, I see. Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. I yeah. use this 3M, uh, it was like a respirator, a 3M respirator that I used to use when spray painting. And oh, I would yeah, wear yeah, it in yeah. fits a lot uh, because I just thought it looked dope. And Does it look like a gas mask? Is it like the two-sided one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the pink yeah. filters as well. I actually even have it on the little icon illustrated for my name because I just... I love the I love I love the silhouette of it. Oh my god, you're right! I just yeah. saw it. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Oh yeah, it looks cool as fuck. It does, and it's very it's very it works very well functionally too. When I traveled out to Arizona to uh, hang out with Uncle Joe, I was of course very concerned about the transmission of COVID on the flights, so I wore that mask because right. I knew that would right. be uh, enough. Wait, so how do you and Uncle Joe know each other? Did you just meet through Twitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally just met oh. through Twitch uh, and just, nice. you know, like talked here and there, uh, hung out in his chat and whatnot. And uh, he mentioned at some point that anytime I was coming through Arizona, I was more than welcome to hang out and uh, crash there and then, you know, create some content and whatnot. So I was just like, you know what? I haven't, I hadn't traveled in like, I don't even know when the last time I had traveled was. So I looked at the flight prices and they were super, super cheap because of COVID. And mm -hmm. so I just figured it was, it would be cool to do that. And, and it was cool. Hell yeah. I love that. Love when you meet buddies on Twitch. It's so nice. I'm actually, I, I have so, so many of my favorite people in the world I now know because of Twitch. And I, of course, was like most people was really looking forward to TwitchCon this year and it got canceled, which I get it, but I'm still sad about it. Oh, did you go to the one last year? No, I've never been to a TwitchCon. I was actually ah. going to ask you a little bit about that. So you said you got oh. into it like right, right when you kind of started streaming, like you hadn't been streaming too long before you went? Yeah, God, I've been streaming maybe like a month and a half. And oh, wow. Wow. That's it like was very early on. It felt very serendipitous. It was just kind of why I dove into streaming because it was like I left. I wa I watched Pooh on YouTube. I watched Grand Pooh Bear on YouTube, and then I started watching him on Twitch. And then somebody in his chat reached out to me and was like, "Hey, I also live in LA. He's doing an event in Ontario, like an hour away. Um, do you want to go? It's like a speed running slash Smash Brothers tournament." And I had never been to anything like that. I'm like a fucking weird art kid okay who like does design and goes like was at the time going to metal shows and i was like hell yeah like why not let me go to this weird <laughs> gaming event like let's try it out and it was so bizarre it just i can't describe it it was like going into you know it's like a giant hotel convention ballroom with sad chairs and just yeah. like a bunch of nerds hanging out like it's it's really it's truly one of like of the most it feels like so deep deep dot like that's some deep ass culture right uh, you oh, know yeah. deep subculture shit and like i was so fascinated and intrigued by it and then it just happened that like i i was lucky enough that like Pooh was just like a normal ass person and like i went up to him at the event and because i've just only known him for like a month and i was like hey man like i watched you on youtube you're great i didn't know you was like a big deal in mario at all i was just like hey you seem like kind of cool on youtube i'm gonna go say hi and then we ended up like 
just going outside and like vaping and talking and was like oh yeah you're cool and i didn't realize like it's not very common you find people in this scene who are like cool and normal and who you like really connect with it's not i've I've realized it can happen and it totally has happened but i just feel really lucky that so early for me i found someone and he's always just been like come hang out come to this event come do this thing um so anyway so the first year i just went as like a friend you know i was like i got my cool new twitch friends and my my friends in la were like what the f- we're going where to long beach to like what is this thing and i was like it's cool don't worry about it you know whatever um and then the next year uh so uh grim pooh bear is part of this company called warp worlds um who does a bunch of different stuff but the big cool thing they do is this thing called crowd control which is a plugin for twitch that allows viewers to directly affect the game that the streamer is playing in real time yeah so you I've use seen, I've bits. Seen someone use that before i think actually my buddy uh, toasty yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So like, it's super cool. Would recommend. Um, but they were like, "Yo, we got a TwitchCon booth." They just didn't understand what I did for a living, and were like, "Hey, you work in movies and TV. Uh, do you want to like design our booth?" And I had never done production design before, but I was like, "Sure." <laughs> like again, I'm kind of in this place where I'm like not in a position to say no to anything because everything's gig based for me. So I was like, "Sure." So then the next year, I was designing a booth uh for twitchcon and just figured it out basically they were like here's the money have fun um and the theme was grandma's basement and so i kind of came up with these schematics of like 70s you know dark wood paneling and like a crunchy couch and like you know sort of like tiffany lights and like you know corny wallpaper and like just try to imagine like okay you have a 10 by 10 foot space how do you like create as much as you can an ambiance that seems different from the event you went to? Because the thing about TwitchCon is like so much of the floor space is just dedicated to companies selling products. You know, course, like yeah. it's like there's so many, like if you surprise how many like food booths there are, they're like, you know, megabytes. <laughs> they're, you know, pectin, orange pectin bites for gamers that improve oh, your reaction wait, time. Oh, these are gamer and, foods. Okay, like okay. foods, I know foods that tout themselves, that like basically are non-perishable and tout themselves as like, you know, heightening your reaction time or yeah, something. foods that increase your KD <laughs> ratio. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> like literally, which is so silly, but it's stuff like that or like, you know, Bang Energy Drink has uh-huh. a big booth or Alienware or like, oh, that's what a lot of it is. Um, and what I realized was like the aesthetics of all of that was so similar. It was like oh, chrome, yeah. black, underglow, Absurd LED RGBs. lighting. Yeah, yeah just yeah. like it's you know, and like no shade to that. Looks but inexplicably like a spaceship. Like yes, I don't know, that's yes, a big gaming so thing spaceship. that pisses me off. Is like the Dude. gaming routers and gaming like <laughs> peripherals will just look like some really crazy sci-fi apparatus for no yes. reason. Yes, dude. It's like that. They've just all decided that's the vibe, you know, with like a fucking dragon on the side, and like <laughs> yeah. you know, all this shit, and like it you know, me off so much. I just dude, wanted a simple oh black computer case when I was getting my PC, and it was so hard to find just like a black box. <laughs> 
That's so funny, dude. Oh my god. I talk about this all the time and I feel like nobody cares. They're like, okay, girl, why, why are you even talking about this? And I'm like, because it's a thing. Um, so like it's that thing. Like, it's kind of it's, it's kind of obnoxious. I, I will sometimes I ironically get so like I went to one of these Twitch meetups once and they had a bunch of gamer goo samples. Oh my god, gamer goo! <laughs> oh, yes, they had Dude, but yeah, it's like antiperspirant for your hands. Yeah. I like called out my homie Cliffy, who's a streamer. I was at this charity event and I, I was like, you know, Cli Cliffy uses gamer goo, and he got so embarrassed. He was like, don't tell people that shit. I was like, what, bro? I saw you buy it. Like, you know, you fell for it. I'm going to call it out. But um, yeah, it's so funny. But that spaceship vibe, it's like the cool thing about the fact that everything is so. Um, the similar homogenous is like there's so much room for creativity like oh, i big time like I, like grudge like it has been my fucking goal to figure out a way how to insert more a more exciting creative aesthetic landscape in gaming events and in gaming in general like i feel like because there's this weird stigma around games for people or video games or whatever it there is this void of overlap between people who are designers who are aesthetically inclined who have overlapping interests with gaming and with art and like infusing that creativity to affect the way the gaming world looks and i am so determined to figure out how to do that because it feels like such an opportunity that's like being wasted and it's just about figuring out a way to pitch to companies that this it's important to develop unique um like that you shouldn't just build a fucking spaceship man you should develop your own unique style oh yeah um, you know so with the booth it was like i want to make something that looks super organic that looks like you're in your fucking house that looks super familiar that doesn't look like a spaceship that looks like it's human made i made all sorts of like handmade props all sorts of hand-drawn stuff to put on the walls like i was and people remembered it because it was just different it was an installation you know? in many ways yeah it kind of was and like i they were just i was just lucky that they just didn't they were like we want to showcase our product we just want a couch whatever else is around it you can do whatever you want and then i was just happy that they were also happy with it they want they liked the people were talking about it and that we're hanging out and i was like yeah because sometimes you know people don't know what they like until it's sitting in front of them you know that, oh yeah that well sensation. i mean and if you spend a like a ton of time in the gaming space a lot of times you just kind of i don't know since everything's so uniform you just kind of think that that's all that could ever happen. I don't know. Exactly, dude. And that doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to I be agree. like that. Well, I feel like the same we... way about Twitch. I talk about this all the time. I talk about deep Twitch. I think Twitch is such an amazing platform with like insane creative potential. But mm -hmm. it's really, I think it's really underutilized because a lot of people just follow very template uh, oriented yep. streams, you know, and yep. it's like four scenes. You got starting soon, AFK screen gaming and maybe just chatting. Uh, yeah and yep. then that's that's kind of like the end of scene creativity and then and then the stream format itself is usually pretty vanilla as well and i mean i'm not knocking that but i just kind of wish that twitch hadn't or does didn't have that standard because I, I think a lot of people that want to get into streaming just assume that that's what they have to do exactly dude and they don't always <sighs> Like the partner program stuff, 
like I, I have to I have to say this because like it's such a great example, but like the fact that Artsy didn't get partnered to me oh, was bullshit. Was such bullshit because he is exactly the kind of person that should be supporting somebody who is all about community projects oh, yeah. who's like who the fuck do you know who does like a whole month of collabs like oh yeah he just is so and he scheduled hits, programs every day he's like dude, the most one of the most professional people i've met on twitch as far as absolute, the way he conducts himself as a creator dude totally and like the fact that twitch didn't partner him showed me that like you know, meanwhile, they're, they'll, I mean, not to be a shady asshole, and I love a fucking Zelda speedrun, so don't get me wrong, but, like, there's a million Zelda speedrunners on Twitch, and yeah. they keep getting partnered, and people like Artsy who are doing something different are not being supported in the same way. And I'm not saying anyone's entitled to anything. It's a company. I understand they have metrics that have to be fulfilled, like, but... I just wish there was like a bit more oversight in terms of the potential to branch out that I think could make Twitch really grow in like a cool, interesting new way. And I, yeah, that's just my thought. Like, and he's such a great example because he is like, he's like, he's such a perfect candidate for some shit like that. You know, like, I don't know. It was, it's, I'm with you, man. That's going to rant about it, but it's well, no, just, I, mean, I was, I love talking about this stuff. I've been, I've been referring to this sort of, un, <laughs> I call it deep Twitch. It's like a movement. Yeah. Uh, what I is think deep Twitch? Deep Twitch to me is uh, basically a movement of streamers that are doing more with the platform than is expected or than is normal. And so I see a lot of deep mm. Twitch with a lot of the nephews, with Joe, with Dandy, with Artsy, mm -hmm. um, a, a guy I met early on in my Twitch career, his name was uh, Clone Corp. He was kind of the first glimpse I got of Deep Twitch. Mm -hmm. Basically, all to me, Deep Twitch is, is is holding one's content to a higher standard. I would consider you a member of Deep Twitch. It's holding <gasps> one's content to a higher standard and and doing Twitch in just a different way or with different, I don't know, implements. Like you do, like you do play video games. You know, it's a big part of your format. Which and you know, video games aren't necessarily like a like a like a I don't know, barrier to entry of deep Twitch, but you go the extra mile with like your overlays. I've always enjoyed your desktop background. What is it? Crush three or crush oh, seven? Yeah. <laughs> crush seven. Crush seven <laughs> yeah. Just little things like that. That's what I'm talking about. To me, deep Twitch, maybe in it's most obvious form is stuff. That's really a very, very different. Like Dandy, for example, or oh yeah, she's like she's really amazing. I have like I so much admiration for Dandy. Like I want I I'm trying to remember how I found her stream, and yeah, dude, like I I just think she's like the shit, and I think that her program is so cool and creative and interesting. It's like a fucking art installation. It is. It's amazing. It like is. it's it's truly amazing. Like ugh, she's just so cool. I love her. <laughs> Fully agree. And, and that, well, I mean, yeah. to me, that's, that's what it's all about on Twitch. And I still don't even really know what, like what the fuck I'm doing, but I would consider deep Twitch just people that are, are, are pushing the boundaries of what is known on Twitch. People that are like willing to stretch the creative membrane a little bit. And, uh, cause a lot of people do, uh, the, the most standard Twitch stuff. And I, like I said, I have no hate for these people, but no, me neither. Like I want to see of... more experimentation at the same time. Right, like I, my feeling is like there's room for everybody. You know, me being like they just keep partnering Zelda speedruns. It's like, dude, I fucking live for Zelda speedrunners. I watch <laughs> Zelda speedruns all the time. It's like one of my favorite things to watch. A lot of my pe people in my community stream that shit. So like, I have no hate for it at all. It truly is a 
a joy to watch, but I just wish it was like, in addition to that, some investment in the growth and development of other forms of entertainment that also exists on the platform. Like, oh, you know, yeah. that just, so yeah, I mean, I'm, t I feel like we're on the same page about it. It's funny when you say deep twitch, what I fucking think is like when I go on my twitch deep dives and I find like a guy <laughs> in Poland who's playing like a slots stream who is you know smoking cigarettes in a windowless room and like his there's garbage and like his friend is asleep on the bed behind him like that to uh, me like though you know what I'm feeling I live I for those deep about. dives where you're just like what the fuck is this shit like how is this guy on the same <laughs> platform as me that's amazing um so I don't know like how I guess just like the proliferation of more streams like that is kind of the only way to gain momentum well and the um, directories don't do those kind of streams any favors because most people that are doing something right. really uh interesting or wild or crazy the only category their stuff fits into is just chatting kind of yeah. and which is really like just chatting is way it's too broad mess. it's way too broad yeah. yeah there's way too like it doesn't really say anything about about your content so i would really like to see on the behalf of Twitch at some point, maybe, I don't know, categories for, I don't know, like subcategories of just chatting. I don't even know what to say. Like, yeah. I'm not sure how to go about it. I, I, I mean, look, I'm like the fucking worst person to talk about this because I don't know how the fuck to do it exactly. But I don't, I don't know if you are. I feel like I, the implementation of it is one thing, but I feel like your insight's on point. Maybe like, so. I just, yeah, I don't know how that would sort of reveal itself but it's funny like my friend flanny shout out to flannel fantasy 14 he only streams games on just chatting because he hates having random backseaters <laughs> show up in his chat so oh. he will like gladly take less followers and just do just chatting and he's like yo it's great man like i love it it's perfect for me but it's like there should be like a subcategory for someone like him that's like i want to play a game i just don't want to be in that category and then people like dandy who are like i'm doing this super specific you know art installation um that i would characterize as something else so right yeah absolutely i don't, I don't know how it would look but i'm I, mean as shit that anyone that to anyone that comes in my stream with a bad attitude i uh i'm oh, quite ruthless yeah. with them yeah yeah you tell him to get lost i feel like it's like you kind of have to yeah like, i think so i think so i honestly don't think I, I think being nice to people that are nice to you is like meta for sure i mean i'm I generally like that in real life but when someone yeah. comes in my stream talking shit or showing their ass i'll immediately uh be very harsh with them very quickly well it's like yeah because you're kind of a curator of a space right like you're yeah. sort of like you're creating this zone for people to exist in and there's no reason to sacrifice everyone else's comfort for like one trolley douchebag who That's just exactly wants to come in I and feel. start shit like and like i remember kind of it's a, sorry i feel like i'm talking a lot Talk, please <laughs> you, you're just giving me so many uh interesting ins or thoughts it's like you know when all this like black lives matter stuff started happening um and there was this kind of like just a deeper examination of people who, and streamers who I'd formed relationships or friendships with and noticing the people who were willing to at least acknowledge the reality of what was going on in our worlds. Um, and, and then there's kind of this funny culture of, I was really subscribed to this. And like, I think initially you could sort of 
on the outside, you'd be like, this is deep twitch, but I realize it's not. But this idea of, like, not giving a shit, like, I just don't give a fuck, you know, as being, like, part of your stream's culture, like, I don't give a <laughs> fuck. Like, I just don't give a shit. Like, I'm gonna let anything fly. I don't give a fuck. And, like, I have, like, really close friends who kind of subscribe to that notion. But the problem is, like, because of that, they don't ban anybody. They don't they kind of just let people say whatever they want. They don't, cause they don't want to be perceived as like being uncool or like giving a fuck, you know, like they, so, and I, at first, you know, before black lives matter and before we sort of became more aware, it felt like, Oh, that's just the vibe. And they're just letting these weird trolls have a space and they're just staying out of it. But after it, I was like, actually like that's not fucking cool and the fact that you're letting these people in and say their vitriolic bullshit is basically complicit in their intent and like it's kind of shitty on your part that you're not doing anything about it and that you're letting them exist in this space and it's kind of on you and now i'm looking at you like you're kind of an asshole because you're letting this guy come in and just say whatever the fuck he wants and if you're so unwilling to just create a place where basic hostility towards other people is allowed like i just can't have respect for that and my position on how cool it was like not to give a fuck like changed fundamentally and i was like actually it is cool to give a fuck and actually it's way more fucking badass to call people out and get rid of them than it is to be like whatever man oh, yeah. you know live it and takes let way live. more backbone uh, way more and totally and like garners a lot more respect from people honestly like and it's kind of sad because it changed my perspective on people but i'm grateful because it made me respect people who are like like you who are like willing to do that because that's not easy but it's like the cool thing and the right thing to do you know i think for me it initially came from a place of like even when i started streaming and i had you know maybe two viewers and even if even if it's just two viewers and one of them was toxic i'd tell them to get fucked because i just didn't want to deal with them and, and part of that has been like my whole life uh not my whole well yeah honestly most of my life i've had like major issues with authority and just issues with people talking down to me or or, or talking to me in a, in a i guess a disrespectful way and mm -hmm. so a big part of it was just kind of demanding respect and and sort of when i say respect i mean to just respect me as as a human being you know like don't don't be a dickhead to me and, and we're cool and so that's kind of how it started but then as time went on and i developed a lot more of a community I also feel a real responsibility to call people out. Maybe if they wouldn't even bother me normally, if they're bothering someone else, uh, you know, that, that is in the community or is just in chat, I, I definitely have kind of expanded the scope of what I, uh, <clears throat> what I come down hard on. And I'm glad, right. I'm really glad, honestly. I, I think a lot of people seem to appreciate it deeply. And yeah, uh, I, do. I mean, even and just little things, like if someone's just being annoying in chat and they're just being kind of a, what's the word you know sometimes people will be in chat and they'll just be saying a bunch of nonsense to kind of get people's attention and it's just i, I don't even know how to describe it oh god it. yeah yeah like, all of you ban being... people for that sometimes honestly because i'm just like i don't want to put up with this i don't like the way you're behaving i don't like that you're derailing everyone's conversation like you're done and they'll get all mad and i'll be like sorry you shouldn't have been a pain in the ass like i don't know what to tell exactly. you. you you brought this upon yourself <laughs> yeah, like you are not entitled to anything. This is an opt-in situation. Yeah. And if you are going to misbehave and not follow the guidelines, then get fucked because yeah. that's not how this shit works. There's a million other streams you can go to that aren't this one who tolerate that shit or like 
Yeah, man. And it's like, and then the cool part is when you do stuff like that, the good ones stick around, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Then you're cultivating an even better community because the people who are cool, who have respect, stick around. And then they attract more people who are cool and respectful. And if you keep, you know, you hang around garbage, you start to stink. You know, that's what they say. And it's like, you got to get it, you know, get it out, dude. Like, there's no time for it and you know i've been seeing on twitter some people being like oh people talking about unfollowing people for being you know i don't think you should ban anyone from your chat just because they disagree with you and blah 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 and i'm just like okay cool well i'll send all the bigoted shitheads over to your stream on sunscreen <laughs> and you can deal with them you know if you're so woke and you're so understanding then you deal with them because obviously you don't care about having a fucking backbone and standing up for something you know not to be like all hypey about it but it's just like no, i mean you're it's right just, it's just i guess my like tolerance for bullshit on twitch is just so much lower than it used same to be here. oh and, same here it's like zero tolerance honestly like you said the yeah. whole people are like you know don't ban like you let people discuss and i used to be really into having maybe more discussions in my stream but then i'd always get someone with a really shitty disrespectful take and i wanted to be like fuck you but i also kind of wanted to be diplomatic so maybe i'd hear him out sure it's really sure, like, sure if someone comes in with a really shitty like rude take i'll i'll 100 call them out for it and i don't even yeah, I mean like man. look if you don't like it you can leave I, I don't even care anymore i remember once uh, i was actually doing a charity stream um and near the end of the charity stream we got a raid and some people came in and one of them just said like had a really shitty take so i just banned him you know we had plenty of people in chat that were participating in a positive way and i just wasn't interested in any of this like whatever kind of bullshit you're bringing and someone else yeah. i guess one of their friends said something along the lines of did you just censor him and i i, I said to him oh i was like this is not God. this is not like i'm not obligated to respect your opinion here you know what i mean like i'm not some arbiter of free yeah. speech this isn't a public forum so yeah. if you don't like it you can go or you can get banned if you're going to act yeah. that way and that's just all there is to it and i'm like i don't know you shit i don't even know who you are and yeah, just, are you censoring him shut the fuck uh, up are you yeah. kidding me are you oh you're entitled oh i get it you're entitled to be a hateful asshole towards me because you've logged into my url and yeah. are watching for free right so you're entitled to say whatever the fuck you want get out of here you got to be kidding me it was the most ridiculous are, shit to me I was just it's like, just what do you think yeah. this is what do you think this is you know where do you think you are yeah dude and like you know it's interesting with twitch because you know gaming and twitch can sometimes appeal to people who you know whether it's maybe they live in an isolated place or they ha suffer with social anxiety and have trouble making friends or for whatever reason just might have like some level of social illiteracy and find twitch like a, a place to develop friendships in a way that is comfortable for them and like i have a lot of respect for that but Part of developing social literacy is being very clear when something isn't okay because yeah. it's hurtful. And if you really want to help somebody who might not understand what they're saying isn't okay, you have to tell them clearly and directly. You know, because if someone is, and they might say, oh, you're overreacting, they just don't get it. It's like, well, I'm not overreacting. I'm just going to let them know what's okay and what's not. And if they can respect that, then great, they can stay. But if they can't, then um, that's not tolerated here. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's like stuff, even creepy stuff, you know, dealing with 
Oh, yeah. People saying weird stuff, you know, it's like, you know, there's a distinct difference with someone making sort of an off-color joke or sort of saying something. And, you know, I know that they're joking or whatever, but it's like, it's hard. It's You have to learn, like, to be really clear about what's okay and what's not. And, like, to not feel guilty about it, you know? To not let people take advantage of your own discomfort. Because some people are shitty and they do that. And they... They do it because they know you won't say anything. And I think you plenty kind of, of people do that on Twitch, honestly. I think a lot of yeah. people do that, especially to smaller streamers. They prey on them because they know the streamer is going to be less likely to ban them because they want the extra viewer. Yeah, and it's like... It's a bummer. I hate to see it. I hate to see it. Yeah, but this, it's it's like the thing is like trolls like that are always going to exist. That's oh, there yeah. is a toxicity in gaming culture. It just it it exists and it's not going to go away anytime soon. So it's kind of like up to us to like figure out how to deal with it when it emerges. And it's like yeah, just a no tolerance policy. It's like nope, you Absolutely. can go do that somewhere else, but you can't do that here because you're a dickhead and I don't want you here. And it's my fucking stream, so get lost. <laughs> I, that's I think the best way to approach it. Exactly what you just said. And and you know if they don't like it, like whatever, fuck them. I don't know. There's plenty of people that are more than happy to be uh, quality uh, quality community members and quality viewers and. Yeah, know. dude. When you let it's... shitty people through the cracks, it ruins everything. I know there's plenty of streams I've been in where they just don't ban people very frequently, and dude, there's just I... tons of like rampant trolling that oh, runs wild, and it's so frustrating. I just, I just I, yeah, I know. I like, and it, it's kind of at a certain point, it's like becomes about the streamer, not yeah. about the chat. You know, I guess that's kind of what I figured out is like, if you're setting a tone that stuff like this is okay, like I don't have any respect for you like if you stand for nothing you'll fall for anything and yeah. if you don't have any kind of like moral compass for how you want to conduct this entertainment platform you're participating in then like clearly you're not very good at it and you're not someone i'm gonna like bother investing any time in because we're not on the same page and yeah i don't know it's like you don't want to be militant about it but you got to be clear yeah, you have you know? to be willing to, to have the hard conversations, I think, more than anything else. And just a lot of people aren't. So I think it, it just makes like a, it makes a massive difference. It really yeah. does. And it'll also make streaming a lot less, like, stressful, you know? Yeah, yeah, you just have a bottom line with it. It's like a no-tolerance policy Then you don't have to, in the moment, sort of gauge. You can just be like, nope, okay, see you later. Okay, nope. <laughs> and I've found honestly after after practicing that a lot on Twitch, I mm -hmm. have gotten a lot better at just drawing boundary lines in real life too and just confronting shit really? in real life. The stuff that I used to be maybe more nervous to address. If I see someone mm -hmm. behaving badly in public, for example, a lot of times I just kind of internally be like, Well, fuck that person, but I usually wouldn't say anything. But now I'm a lot more likely to be, you know, to I'm not I'm not going to be super mean to him, but if someone's really pitching a fit at a restaurant, just acting badly, I'll I'll, I'll talk to them and I'll tell yeah. them to uh, to behave themselves. Yeah, good for <laughs> you, man. Good for you. Can I I don't want to get into specifics, but can I ask, like, what state you live in? I, I live in Tennessee, the... uh, Nashville. You Tennessee, live in Tennessee. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Well, I, been, been... I only lived in Tennessee for like, I moved here in February, so five, five, oh. six months. Before that, my whole life was in uh, Florida. No way. You're from, where, where from Florida are you from? Uh, Tallahassee, like, and then I lived in Jacksonville for about four oh, years. Oh, shit. That's crazy. I have, one of my really good friends is from Miami. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I've yeah, been there a couple yeah. times, but uh, 
this it's right. interesting how much florida like the culture i'm sure it's probably similar in california as well i know it's similar in california but like you know panhandle florida where i grew up tallahassee is very south georgia like kind of south mm. energy whereas mm -hmm. miami is doesn't feel like the south at all and south florida doesn't really either but then jacksonville like, is like this really crazy wild i don't know jacksonville's definitely got some south energy but jacksonville's like this whole weird angry uh engorged throbbing animal it feels like it's <laughs> an interesting way to describe it i know jacksonville <laughs> just it felt really dark to me when i was there uh... Yeah, it's so weird. Like, so is that where you like grew up? Grew up was in Jacksonville, or were you kind of like? No, or... I grew up in. Uh, well, I grew up in Tallahassee, but I spent like weekends often out at my stepdad's farm, which was in South Georgia. Gotcha. Uh, backwards, South Georgia, and then uh, I went to I went to school in Jacksonville, at University of North Florida, for philosophy with a focus in ethics. Oh, oh. That's so cool that you studied philosophy. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, yeah. So you like that abstract thought then. I love that's it. Your, yeah, that's cool. I, I'm so, I struggle with it so much. So I have a lot of respect for people that, whose brains can tackle those sort of, those bigger ideas and extrapolate them with, with logic. I feel like it's, it's, it's not easy. It's well, tricky. I'm just horrendously bad at everything else in school. Uh, I just needed something freeform because everything else was just awful and I hated it. I mean, you know, I was even sometimes good at it if I uh, tried, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I don't know. Mm. School was always really brutal for me, just forcing myself to actually get it done. I never once liked it at any point. And even when I was going to school, I liked a lot of my philosophy courses, but I hated the structure of the school that it was within, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Like and the I formatting learned, uh, of the education. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And I learned a ton of stuff outside of school, like all the all the stuff I learned in the art and fashion scene was more or less fully outside of school. And I sometimes kind of crossed over, but not really. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, personally, my my college experience was uh, not not great. I often refer to it as the worst mistake of my life. But really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Even though it like you had classes that you enjoyed overall, it was like not a. Uh not what you're looking for yeah school's funny man I was, so I was, expensive too which is just like the brutal part about it it's so <laughs> punishing like if you have a bad school experience it's like wow i got all this debt and i didn't even like get get that much out of it dude student loans oh my god it's they're ridiculous right <laughs> very very real yeah totally totally i just kind of don't so think dark. about them other than the payments because i just feel like they're this I don't know. They're this ominous cloud that hangs over your head, but also like the one reassuring thing to me is more or less everybody has this problem. So yes, yeah, we're all kind of in the trenches together. It's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're at least we're kind of all at like a handicap, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, it's kind of weird how much that's almost just become a part of life. Like debt in general, especially in the U.S., is just almost oh everybody God. has like pretty serious debt. I think yeah most yeah, people at least i mean i could well, be wrong about that but i'm pretty sure i'm not i think especially if you're kind of working in like a more creative or entrepreneurial fields oh um, yeah <laughs> the margin for debt can can increase significantly um, definitely because there's a lot of if you're an entrepreneur or going the creative route you're a lot of times taking a pretty big gamble and so there's gonna yeah. be some months where the only way you're able to pay your bills is by like putting it on a credit card or something like that at least from my experience and I'm not no, proud of that, but that's just the way it is. Totally. I mean, yeah, dude, like I, 
I mean, I, yeah, I'm in that boat right now. Like I, I'm an artist and like my entire industry is like not happening right now. Like it, it, like they're not shooting anything. They're not editing anything. Like everything is on a standstill until question mark. And it's like such a weird place to be in where I'm like, even though I found this very specific niche where I could do art and somehow make money doing it consistently now with Corona, that doesn't exist anymore. And it calls into question, like, when will it exist again? And if it does, is the market just going to be flooded with other people? And it's I feel like recently it's it's been a lot of like taking stock and figuring out like kind of moving forward like how i can effectively do what i want and like is this chapter of my life over is it gonna evolve into something else but it's definitely been an interesting time to figure out like what the trajectory is but then also at the same time you can't really because there is no plan for the future so it's been really interesting for sure it's very yeah no i know what you mean i'm very i kind of plan stuff but i'm more or less take it day by day sometimes i think that's to my detriment but I don't even, I don't even know. I have no idea. I've just always been like this. So I, I'm well, not sure. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to do it is the truth. I feel like as I get older, it's like, I think life, honestly, dude, I feel like life is all about management of expectations. And that's not to say that you shouldn't like work your ass off for a dream you really care about. Cause you should. Um, but I guess it's more like, learning like you said like adapting to the realities of what's going on and not getting your emotions wrapped up in circumstances that you can't control but doing that and then also maintaining passion and conviction i feel like balancing those two ideas has like been a struggle and a a good one but a difficult one at least for me like it's hard it's hard man you don't want to get excited about stuff but then you also don't want to like sit there like a goon you know with your hands under your butt not doing anything so it's it's tricky it is it really is i think that was the one of the big things i struggled with for most of my life is i just didn't like really connect with anything in a passionate way like nothing i did you know Mm. what i mean i could never stick with shit Mm -hmm. because i didn't really like it so streaming has been the first major project ambition in my life that i've stuck with for longer than i don't know four or five months that's great. And that so must feel it's been awesome. Cool. It does feel awesome. And I still love streaming uh, and I still love, well, content creation in a broader sense. But mm-hmm. admittedly, I, I have some long term objectives, but I also have no idea where to go from here as well. So it's like this weird balance. Uh, yeah, I feel you, dude. Though. But once it's like your income, then yeah, it's like, how do you not lose the sort of. Um, I don't know uh, what's the word like the spontaneous sense of it but then right. also kind of like from a like what are my creative objectives like what do I want to get out of this so it's like the kind of funny balance of like you don't want to plan too much because sometimes if you plan too much and it doesn't work then you've wasted a bunch of time assuming it would work right you know um so I guess it's just about adapting and like learning what people respond to and you have to do a fair amount of like you said going with the flow and figuring it out day by day so I like I don't really think that's like the wrong way to go to go about it I think it's just like gauging and measuring people's interests in your own interest and like figuring out what kind of little niche you can get into that like really appeals to your senses you know like yeah, i get that because 
yeah and i just say that as someone who's like horrible at making decisions too <laughs> so i'm just like this is the things i tell myself so i don't get to uh so i don't spiral out and get depressed because it's so easy to especially when we're isolated like this you know it's oh like, yeah it's crazy how how i i don't know i i put on a strong face and whatnot when i'm streaming uh, as far as like having my shit together but yeah it's crazy how how uh, little it takes for me to just like go into a depression downward spiral. And I'm very cognizant Dude. of that. And uh, Twitter has been really like, I've, I've blocked and muted so many people on Twitter oh, for the bro, past two months too. just to preserve my mind. I'm glad Dude, to hear that. Dude, me, I went on an unfollowing spree and I've never <laughs> felt better i was oh, like was fuck this hoe fuck this hoe i was just like i'm i'm done with this shit these people don't care if i'm following them i don't want to i don't care to develop any kind of relationship yeah. with them anymore i don't even like, know them i barely even I like even them, them. <laughs> if you know, i like I, them at all i rated them a year ago on a whim like whatever you know <laughs> yeah. just people it's like just like yeah and at a certain point there's so much doomsday news and there's so much bad oh. stuff going on it is really up to us to develop boundaries with how we relate to people and to news oh, on the outside. that's the fucking, like, absolute truth. Uh, when yeah. I, so I mentioned I studied ethics, specifically in philosophy, so this idea of right and wrong became obsessed with it and political and social philosophy, so I was always taking in all the news and all the information all the time, and what I've realized is that's, like, the, be the, the, the fastest way for me to go down, like, a depressive downward spiral is keeping way too much track of what's going on. And yep. so I've since adopted like a court of advisors approach where I have certain mm -hmm. friends I regularly touch base with that I know know a lot mm -hmm. about certain things and that kind of totally. condense it and give it to me, which maybe sounds like, I don't know, but I, I just like, I don't need to know everything. And I know that I'll get the, the stuff that's significant to me from them because I trust them and I trust their perspective. And that's yeah. all I really need. And it's not like I'm putting this work on them. It's just, I, I, I regularly touch base with them and we talk about the things we talk about. And the things we talk about always keep me somewhat informed. And so it's nice too, also to like come into a conversation with an old friend and they're like, have you heard about X thing? And you're like, no, I sure have not. Please do tell. And then you have a whole fucking thing to talk about. And then they also get to share about something that they care about, which yeah. is, so it's like in a mutual exchange, it's mutually beneficial, right? It's like they get Absolutely. to, you get to receive information you might not otherwise know, and they get to passionately describe something that they care about. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I I remember a friend of mine. I like in the sort of midst of all the, you know, just like fucking Trump presidency and all the fucking dumpster fires that have been going on. And yeah. my friend was like, I was like, did you hear that he did this thing? And my friend was like, no. And I was like, what? Don't you read the news? She's like, no. I I look at stuff like for an hour every day. Yeah. And I remember be my mind being so blown <laughs> by that. I was like, but don't you want to know like what's going on? And she's like. Yeah, I know what's. I kind of know what's. I go. I know enough. Yeah. I know the important stuff that I care about. I don't have to know. Like, I don't want to participate in the distraction force field that he creates to distract us from shit that actually matters. Like, that's, that's exactly not doing part anything. of his uh, policy too. I've I've been learning yeah. a lot more about this. Is it's a strategy he'll use where to bury other headlines, he'll do some ridiculous shit that he knows CNN is gonna freak out over. Because he understands totally. how the cycle works with like the things he says. It's like I personally, for the most part, barely keep up with anything Trump does just because I know like every day there's going to be some absurd shit that he's done. And like, I know that, you know, I don't like him. I don't like anything he does. Yeah. But like just keeping up with it just stresses me out. Yeah, because it's designed to stress you out. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just it's, it's this kind of smoke screen, way. this white noise smoke screen. 
yeah it's kind of like how like <laughs> yeah well actually i was going to compare him to taxes but that's not a fair uh <laughs> that's, that's not necessarily the right analogy but like yeah just or you know with anything it's like <sighs> yeah there's i feel like it's kind of up to us to you know and especially if black lives matter you know there's the surge of re-education of ourselves and engagement with communities and realities that we misunderstood before and like that was like a moment and continues to be a moment where that is like vitally important um to people who just care about you know the basic well-being and treatment of everybody um and i remember kind of getting to a point where like you know, it was like going to a bunch of protests, engaging in a lot of reading, discussions with friends and stuff, and then being like, I think, is it bad that I just want to like watch some freaking housewives and like chill out for a second? Like, does that make me a bad person that I want to disengage for a moment? Does that make me a shallow person or a person who doesn't care? And it's like, nah, dude, if you're in it for the long run and you're here for the fucking marathon and you want to keep showing up to protests and keep emailing local politicians and keep cutting police budgets and doing all the shit you care about, that's going to take a fucking while. And you oh, need yeah. to keep your mind sharp. And to do that, you need balance. You need rest. You need to have moments where you're disengaging from it and allowing time to process it. Um, and, you know, it's not to say that, like, it doesn't matter, because of course it fucking matters, but it's just about learning how you personally can best um, kind of keep track, like, I don't know, just a balance of, like, how much you're willing to engage and how much you're allowing your brain and yourself time to decompress from it. Um so yeah, I don't know. That was just kind of like a random tangent. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. It's like, I, I don't know. I, I found it almost accounting for my own humanity as I often pile a lot of shit on myself and a lot of responsibility, and especially since I'm so focused mm. in ethics, you know, like like pursuing these right, right or wrong cases, I'll be really hardcore about it. And then two right. weeks after being really hardcore about it, I'm just all of a sudden I wake up and I've got like nothing left in me. And so I'll just disappear yeah. for like a week. And, and that's, I try not to do that because... I don't like disappearing for a week, but sometimes you just need to more or less like tap out of the harder conversations temporarily so that you can get back on the saddle later on. Right. In the, in the long scheme of things, it's important because you don't want to tap out permanently. You want to remain yeah. engaged, but to do that, you have to, you know, give your mind time to rest so that it can chill out and then come back and continue to fight because it's hard you know yeah. it's well, not it's like fucking we said earlier easy. with like streaming in a way is uh i think i think i'm pretty sure we said this earlier i almost can't even remember but uh it was like if you if you push yourself in those moments yeah we did say this earlier you push yourself in those moments when you're really not feeling it that's how you get to a burnout moment and so yeah, i think dude. that i think that that applies to social action as well if you're totally. like totally drained and you keep forcing it i feel like you're going to grow to resent that movement just because totally. it's, it's caused you like psychological harm in a weird way. And so I don't like, know. No one I guess wants that's... to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of on a more superficial note, it's like no one wants to watch someone who's like grumpy, <laughs> you know, yeah. like so like even on a kind of basic level, it's like, yeah, it's not a good idea just for shallow, you know, entertainment reasons. And then also for deeper, more important, you know, mental health reasons. Um, but yeah, I just feel like oh, it's good to focus on people who are, like, doing good shit and, and you know, promoting voices that Twitch and the culture of Twitch doesn't always include 
and doing all the shit that like because i don't know what sometimes i feel like there's this distinction between like my real life and twitch oh yeah and, i get that well i mean you know? i used to think that but <laughs> I, I i'm a real recluse or i can be i'm i'm, I'm simultaneously mm. very social and also very reclusive what i mean by that is when i go out i'm like big social guy but then yeah, I'll disappear yeah, yeah. in my cavern for sometimes months. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I started doing that in Jacksonville for a long, long time. Uh, mm -hmm. And I probably only went out once in the year of 2019, maybe twice. Damn. Which is weird. I, I mean, I, to be fair, I was also really depressed, right? So I was, I was kind of doing that. But I definitely am a bit of a, of a hermit or, or, or uh, uh, yeah, solitary individual. Yeah. Yeah. And so in Nashville, I don't know anybody here because I moved here a month before oh. quarantine and the same month Damn. quarantine hit a, a ton of tornadoes, like destroyed our whole downtown <gasps> scene. So, Whoa. and actually a lot of it's still damaged. They haven't repaired it. So my point is tornadoes and COVID hit like right after I moved here. And so the tornadoes shut down the nightlife and then quarantine shut down everything. So I really like, I don't know anybody here except my partner. And, wow. uh, and so I'm, my switch is more or less my entire, uh, social landscape. Wow. By virtue that's, of that. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I told, I mean, that makes total sense. Like you're just sort of dealing with the aftermath of the implosion of this, a scene that you could otherwise engage in. I'm right. glad you have somebody you're living with though. That's really nice. Actually, got well, a buddy. I live alone, but she lives close by and she visits me. Oh, okay, yeah. good. So you got, you got like a buddy a bu or a, a close buddy. <laughs> 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 uh, but that's so nice, man. It's really, I feel like it's really important to have some kind of physical contact with people you care about. I think it's like has such a profound effect on your, I mean, not besides just to, you know, have a little fun or whatever just to kind of like like i remember like the first time <laughs> i got a hug from my friend and it was like a couple maybe two and a half months after covid started and we'd both gotten tested and we had been quarantined in our houses and we came over and we were outside and i got a hug and it was like oh yeah it's like you don't even know how much you miss hugs until you don't get one for two and a half months and you're like oh my god it's like crazy how important it is to just you know have like i'm I'm glad that you have the twitch social landscape to um you know keep developing relationships and then it's really awesome that you also have like a person in your life that you get to see even if it's just one person it's like right. it makes such a difference oh it definitely you know? does although i will say i miss like having i, I hanging going to meet up with with joe was like really it was cool first of all from like a whole content creation perspective but joe was actually <laughs> yeah. like a really cool guy in real life and we got along well and i just realized as I was hanging out with Joe and, and Zach, who lives with him, I was just like, I had this moment where I realized that I hadn't hung out with the homies in forever. And yeah. it was really just nice to have that. And totally all of my homies are on Twitch now. And I was really amped up for TwitchCon because I was finally going to get to see all these people. I'm like really good internet friends with in real life. But then of course, that didn't right. happen, so I'll buy my well, time. They'll do it next year, and then you can come and you can see my booth that I'll do. Yeah. Next year, the, the theme this year is barbecue. The theme next year is going to be bedroom. We're going to oh, make a, wow. ki a kid's bedroom, <laughs> so it'll be kind of fun. Wow. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah, dude, that's great. Yeah, Joe seems like a cool dude. He's kind of, he kind of seems like, um, he reminds me of like, 
in art school, there's always like this sort of like wo- like wonderkind person <laughs> who has like kind of this like sort of elusive like vibe. I don't know. He kind of gives me like that vibe, like that <laughs> art school kid. Um, so who knows? Maybe we'll meet in real life one day and I can put it to the test. But he seems like he seems like a cool dude for sure. He's definitely a great dude. He's a funny guy. And one thing I enjoyed when he picked me up from the airport, we went to get coffee. And one thing I realized like throughout the journey is that Joe, well, Joe is definitely a lot more low key in real life than he is on stream, of course. But he also right. <laughs> has the same kind of humor. It almost like he was working material, you know, we'd be talking to someone in the drive through and there'd be like jokes dribbled in. We, you know, just and whenever any whenever we interacted with with other people, there'd always be an element of humor and, uh, and whimsy to it that I enjoy. Yeah. So I did the same thing. And so it was yeah. fun. That's great, man. I'm, I'm so glad. It's so nice when you have like IRL Twitch show me experiences. I feel like it like. And it's, it's like you really said nice. earlier, it's cool when they're they're actually cool you, you never know because maybe right the way you act on the internet isn't the way you act in real life i, I mean it's never going to be exactly the same because whenever someone's on twitch they're probably doing a little extra but yeah no it's uh and i'm i think i it's funny like early on i realized pretty quickly based on some of my interactions with certain streamers that like oh you're not like who you are on stream right. and like not in a good way like you project this sense of like i'm cool and i'm chill but the reality is like you're kind of stuck up or you're like kind of a cold asshole you know like you're not actually a very nice person and whether that's because you're creating boundaries or you don't think i'm worth talking to or whatever the case may be um i guess i learned pretty quick i remember at first i was like took it so personally you know like i was like but i'm so cool and why don't you want to get to know me and and i put like way too much gave them way too much power you know like in terms of me trying to decide who they were before i even met them and it's like you can't do that with anybody it's like a super unfair assumption and to you know and so it's like this is basically it's just like um it's so validating and great when you meet someone and you're like bro you're exactly like i thought you'd be like you're i got a sense we would be cool and here we are and we're hanging out and it feels so good and so real and it makes you like really appreciate those people more and if you meet someone you get a vibe and they're actually kind of a dick or not nice then it's like (laughs) all right on to the next one like (laughs) you know so it just yeah makes you makes you appreciate those the good the good ones for sure well it's nice i uh I don't want to keep you too awful long. We're, we're, we're like at about an hour and a half. I've loved this conversation. There's actually a lot of topics I'd still like to get into at some point. Maybe we can do like a part two at some point. But Dude, I would love that. I know. I feel like I want to know more. I'm, I'm kind of curious about your fashion shit. I, now that you <laughs> said that you're a designer and a model, I would like love to do. Because, you know, I used to do red carpet fashion streams where like oh. we just go through old red carpet pics and decide like what we like what we dislike about them that's very so cool. if you're ever interested in doing something like that i feel like that could be really fun you know to get I'm like a male super duper interested in that. yes to get like because we will look at men's like to have like a, a male perspective would be so so cool um but yeah, yeah i'd be fully down for that uh, just let me know <laughs> Dude, I'm sweet, man. I'm, you know, I mean, God, you heard me going on and on. I'm always down to chit chat. So oh, yeah, whenever you want it's to, it's a blessing. Dude. Honestly, I was, uh, I haven't done a podcast interview in a little while, and these, like, simultaneously, this is a podcast 
but it's also one of the rare opportunities I get to be social in this weird quarantine world. So it just definitely feels good to just have a conversation. Hell yeah, dude. Same here, man. I'm fucking isolated. My isolated ass up in Hollywood with all these weirdo celebrities. I didn't even tell you all my celebrity stories. I know. I See, I was that. really curious about that. So well, next got... time, next time, for sure. Next time we'll talk about Jared Leto, for sure. <laughs> It'll be interesting. He's he's an interesting... My NDA is up, so... No, really? Wait, all... are you, I can't tell if you're just goofing on me right now. No, no. I, I'll say briefly, I was an intern. I interned in... I was an editing intern for his... Um, uh the his documentary about 30 seconds to mars oh i hate that band um, so much well me too bro they're the worst they're, <laughs> they're the terrible. worst band ever they're fucking it, awful they're the worst he so imagine being an unpaid intern whose job it was to find quote-unquote highlights and <laughs> all of this tour footage i had to learn all their songs i had to like it was Ooh, i could never worst. do it i would have quit the as worst. soon as i learned what i was gonna be listening to it, i'd be like nah i can't do this i can't do this oh, i know it's like oh my god but it was at his i mean i don't know i think my indies whatever who cares it was at his house which is why i took it because ah, he was there and i, I was like oh i want to hear off jared leto and then quickly i was like oh no this is this is crazy <laughs> only thing what, he was in that one movie uh, that i liked i think requiem for a dream was that him oh my god yeah he was in requiem i mean the funny thing is i don't even mind him as an actor i think he's yeah, a I think decent he's actor. Right as an actor i just yeah. think he needs to stay the fuck out of the studio man like he just makes horrible music and shouldn't make it's it anymore so it's, it's like the, the default alt, like the the shitty radio alt rock sound but like not yeah. even an impressive version of that Ugh. to me the absolute trash you know have you ever watched the music videos oh no 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 dude <laughs> they are so cringy we should like watch them they're the cringiest shit of all time it's like he has a um director's nom to play he's like a director's name that he goes by and called bartholomew cubbins <laughs> and he you? directs all their music videos and they're so bad that sounds dude. like a so gimmick bad. character like like an like I a know. comedic like like a dave Chappelle character or something yes but it's like he takes it so seriously it's like so crazy like he they have one video that's like a parody of the shining but it's not even supposed to be a parody. It's like them doing this like homage and it's so mm. cringy, dude. Oh my God, I hate it. Oh, just think about it like makes me cringe. I don't so, know Jared Leto, but I, I got to guess just by the way I've seen him carry himself that he yeah. takes himself extremely seriously. Oh, yes. He's like a crazy, he's a uh, narcissist. Like, oh, yeah. yeah While like I learned very quickly on that job that like, you just like defer to him like i made a joke one time on my first day and he got like really pissed at me and i was like okay i realize now like you don't talk while pop up jared's talking like you just <laughs> shut up and like let him talk um and yeah he's he's a now he's like a cult leader he oh, started I'm, that i always figured he would be yeah dude he has this corny ass adult camp <laughs> called camp mars where like he charges people eight thousand dollars to go like stay in a yurt and like oh, listen to him ramble man. on it's like fucking wild man it's crazy 
What a funny... Uh, and the fact yeah. that the, the Camp Mars, I'm assuming... I don't know what his fixation with Mars is, but maybe it just has something to do with this whole 30 Seconds to Mars thing. I'm going to oh, be honest. Like, yeah. I just like... Anytime anything touches 30 Seconds to Mars, I'm out. Like, I no longer like that yeah, thing. Yeah, dude, of course. Like, because it's shitty music and it's like... He thinks... The, the conceit is that he thinks he's so trendsetting and that he's yeah. like doing all these groundbreaking things, but he's so a beat behind and it's so painfully obvious. Yeah. To That's exactly what it is. Everyone you know, can see it. And then he's like, no, nah, I'm the guy. And everyone's like, well, maybe you were the guy at one point. Or maybe like if now was 2015, you'd be the guy. Yeah. And by but, the way, he's like 44. Oh, he's like wow. not young. He's older he than know he better. was. I mean, he should, dude. And he, but he, man, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so brutal. And the thing is, it, it wouldn't be so cringy if they didn't take themselves so seriously. Here's what yeah, I will yeah, say. That's, that's my, I see a big thing with me is, you know, I'll have occasional moments of greatness, but I firmly believe it's important in life. I, I very much believe in uh, absurdism, uh, Camus absurdism, absurdism mm, in philosophy. And I also just think it's very important as an extension of that to to realize that your own existence is absurd. And that's not a bad thing. But that's just the way it is. So just realize that. And like, yeah, don't take it yourself too seriously. Totally. It's like, I remember they always talk about this thing and this idea in modern art, how people sort of try to figure out where like abstraction came from as like a sort of visual idea and it all emerged like i mean you know i could say it's otherwise but like they talk about how it emerged at the turn of the 20th century because world war one when it was going on was so horrific and so absurd in nature in oh. the amount of death and the amount of horror that people were witnessing that they say reason had abandoned people so people abandoned reason yes. and the art became not about logic and reflecting reality. It became about expressing what we couldn't see and the absurdity that we were feeling. And I always thought Dadaism that was started. I think it was. Yeah. Dadaism sort of like emerged from that idea and uh, just, and then, you know, there's always this push and pull between expression of a painter and then reflecting of reality. But like, I just love that notion so much of like abandoning reason, you know, that oh, making yeah. a choice that reason is not always what will prevail or what is right. And especially when it comes to expression, you know, so I was like, like that. So I, I I'm with you. I, I sort of, uh, um, adhere to that that notion as well that taking yourself too seriously uh, you're not doing yourself any favors because you know if especially if you believe in science it's like you believe you must understand that you don't understand oh yeah well and I, so when i was studying philosophy aggressively i didn't study this in school at all really but there this was kind of like what i got into outside of school was this whole subsection of philosophy called postmodernism which mm -hmm. is uh, a lot of french philosophers are involved in it uh like sartre if you know his mm -hmm. name, I think I pronounced yes, that yes. correctly. Yes, yes. Georges Sartre, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, yeah. Uh, Michel Foucault. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, Simone de Beauvoir. A bunch of these characters. Love her. Uh, Jacques Love Derrida her. as well. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, there's a lot of, of, of things going on in the postmodern space and a lot of different perspectives. But one sort of central theme is reevaluating things we've taken to be true ways of knowing and and all the conclusions that modern philosophy had come to that were erroneous or came from like a run erroneous foundation and so mm. it comes out a lot with Derrida is this whole deconstruction strategy of like deconstructing an idea or a concept and yeah. when I got into all that I just started well I, I started questioning to a larger extent 
the idea of what is real, not in like a literal matrix simulation sense, but in the idea that we've created knowledge over time or we've just sort of decided things as a society that this is the way things are, this is the way things have to be. And none of that's true or some, most of it isn't true. Or even if some of it isn't true, that's like a simulation we've created for ourselves that we're all taking part of. And it's not because we're brains in a vat. It's because we've believed these compounded lies that have grown over potentially centuries and yeah. we use it to define how we live our lives. Therefore, you know, it is, it is false. It is a false, it is a sort of a simulation. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, it's so I think really about that important. A lot. Totally taking stock and reevaluating what you think you understand, which is like such a healthy practice for your brain and your sanity too. Oh yeah. You know, it's like important to feel, it's not, it's, it's not a destabilizing feeling. It's like, I'm always open to the idea that I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm always excited to learn more, you know, that's like the healthiest way you can look at things. Not that it, I understand it and it all works like this. And this is how it is. I mean, God, I'm going to do a retreat. Like and everyone's going to stay in a year and listen to me talk about Mars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Little bringing it full circle. We love to see it. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Dude. No, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Man, I love talking about this stuff. This is so fun. It was so nice to like kinda have these heady conversations, you know, and engage your brain in a new way to 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 do it. I have to say before we end things, like I just wanna say, man, like uh I have I have such a I have a tremendous amount of respect for you uh as a streamer, like the way that you've you know, as you said it, gone gone hard or like sort of approached your content um recently, I just think is like really important and really awesome. Um and and to know that you're not only a person who advocates for what's right and creates spaces for discussions to be had that are meaningful and also the fact that you're a designer, I wish I didn't know. I just I really think that's really rad and um just wanted to say thank you for creating those spaces and, and thanks for participating in that way. And I've, I have a lot of respect for it. So, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate the kind words quite a bit. Thank you so much. I mean, it's like, like a really lovely discussion we've had here. Uh, one thing I found is just that in general, like once you get rolling, especially if the two people discussing any given, any, at any given point in time, but the two people discussing got some cool brains, mm -hmm. it usually ends up being a pretty neat discussion so that's one thing i've really enjoyed with this stream or this this podcast one one thing i really want to do in the future when the podcast is make enough money to sustain like a physical studio i'd love to have like a physical studio and be able to fly people out that would be yes so yes yes take over the schlubs like and yeah, no, yeah. I'm not going to take shots at a podcast cruise, but yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I have full faith that'll work out and, uh, and I, I can't wait to see it all come to fruition. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Um, and I really want to do a fashion stream with you. So if you're down, I might be hitting you up and we can be evaluating some red carpet fashion. We could be tooting oh, yeah. and booting the looks, you know, cause I'm always looking for a male perspective who cares about fashion it's very rare on twitch so i'm definitely gonna hit you up about that. please do i'm honestly so enthused that'll be a real blast okay cool hell yeah dude well, well thanks before, for having me uh, before we oh, go yeah. let let mm -hmm. the let the whoever whoever ends up listening to this you know they're gonna be like oh my goodness where do i where do i find george clooney cream what's what's the ah. 
you know, not only maybe Twitch, but whatever else you want to promote or talk about? Um, well, uh, I would say, uh, you know, you can go on my YouTube channel, George Clooney Cream. You're only going to find one video. It's my very first stream. Uh, so maybe if you're looking for more current content, you can go to my Twitch channel, just twitch.tv slash George Clooney Cream. If you like Nintendo stuff, if you like learning about art history, if you like watching me eat big amounts of food on Sundays uh. and watch reality shows, um... If you like watching me and my high school best friend get the giggles while playing Call of Duty, any of that stuff, um, please come and visit. And uh, we'd love to have you. It'd be so nice. So, yeah, that's I'm so bad at self-promo. But there you go. Yeah, There's the pitch. That's There's perfect. The... That's wonderful. All right. All right. Cool. 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 Well, thanks so much for having me, man. I've, it really meant a lot that you reached out. And I'm, I'm so happy I got to participate. It's, it's really cool. Well, thank you for making time. Uh, I know. I know. No, it's tough sometimes to have time for even your own stuff so you you make going anywhere to do i'm so a, i'm so busy uh, over here being unemployed and trapped in my house <laughs> 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 so but i'm glad i can squeeze you in too i'm glad it worked out um but uh but yeah dude well until the next fashion stream i guess that's what i'm looking forward to right on right on